Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. Ah, oh, for Christ's sakes. Okay. We can go on for it's hours. Beautiful. It's going ta- to change what the show's all about. Yeah, I know. Okay. Maybe we should get Ooh. back on track here. Hey, uh, I don't know if you uh, are aware. It is our episode seven. It is. On December the 7th is oh the, rele- the release date. Is the release date. I didn't that. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, we must, um, uh, there must be something good. You know, maybe we'll be able to close out the show with the trumpets. Who knows? Oh. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's only going to take us about an hour and a half, bud. <laughs> yeah. Knowing us, too much closer to two hours, but you know what I mean. That's where we land usually. Well, just, all right. Yeah. All right. So well, are we starting the, this thing? Right. Are we in it? I think we're going to start. What's going we're, on? We're going to go around the boards okay. right now. And well, uh, and now I hear the trumpets. Uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> so I went. I went a bit of a different way, and you went the traditional way. Thank God, because I think people rely on the traditions that we have. But why don't you start it? Because I do want to talk about both these teams, anyways. And uh, yeah, go ahead. So I'm going over. You know what I what I'd like to kind of see this week, and thinking about what was going on, and. Just recently, Rupe Hintz signed that eight-year contract, so it kind of got me contract. thinking. Kind of got me thinking. I'm like, so I, I'm like, is Jim Neal quietly becoming the next GM of the year? <laughs> so, if you're asking me, and you are, Hello? in my personal opinion, the answer to that question is a resounding yes. Mm. I mean, all you have to do is look no further than his recent handiwork. So. Over the last, I'll say what here, year and a half, let's say, year. Okay. He signed Jason Robertson for four years at 7.75, which I, I dude, I'm sure you feel the same way. I still don't understand how that that happened. I, I would say he's GM of the year know. just for that alone. Yeah. So he follows that up with signing hints, like I just mentioned, eight years at 8.45 AAV. Heiskanen signed for eight years at 8.45 AAV, and he got Ottinger for three years for a total of 12 million, so 4 million per year. I mean, if you look at that, you got, you've locked Just up two thirds. Well, I mean, you've locked up two thirds of your first line, you locked up your stud defenseman, and you locked up your goalie of the future for the next yeah. three years. Now, and by the way, uh, he's got he's projected to have a shade over ten mil in uh, end of season cap space, so he's he's like it's not, just I don't get that, and, and and I mean on top of that, you've got Ben and Sagan who are Ben yeah. in particular. Ben in particular, I think is just about a point yeah. a game, and I know that yeah, Sagan is not far behind. I think I want to say something like nineteen points in twenty three or twenty four games. So like that, yeah. not all, not only are you getting the production out of those two guys for some nice secondary scoring, yeah, you've got yeah. you've got the experience that these guys have been through. And listen, you know, I, I was really thinking about this too. We got to remember the owner of that team just drug um, Ben and Sagan through the mud a couple yeah. of years back. So when I like 
that that hardens a player to a certain extent, obviously, right? So yeah, not only do they have like that leadership experience, but like they've been through the ups and the downs. Like you know, you can't get much more yeah. down than the guy who is paying your paycheck is basically telling you like, "Yo, what up?" Yeah. Like when, he, when are you going to get this it. together? Well, exactly. So, uh, you know, and, and you've got Mason Marchman on the third line. I, yeah. I have to, I have to say, I am pleasantly surprised at where they are actually at. I, I thought Dallas was a good team. I thought they had yeah. the, the pieces in place. I, like, yeah. it's not like I thought this was going to be a sub sub five hundred team here, folks. But no, no, no. I, I didn't. I didn't exactly think they would be where they are right now. And I mean, some of the lead in the league in goals for, by the way, leading oh, yeah. the league in oh, goals yeah. for the Dallas Stars are so 98. So what I did is I went uh, um, per games played because obviously not everybody's played like 25 or 24 games. So sure. in particular, Dallas, 25 games played, 14 wins, six losses, five in overtime. They have a 660 points percentage that places them seventh in the league. Now, dude, once I saw these numbers, this was pretty impressive. Goals four per game. They are ranked second at 3.92 per game. They're giving up 2.8 goals against per game, which is ninth. (laughs) So for all those following, we have all top 10 metrics here right now. Yeah. The power play is at 28.4%, fifth in the league. And then eighty three point five percent on the PK, like shut them down. Well, on top of these numbers, which like I'm sorry, if somebody says X team and then throws those numbers out at me, I'm like, okay, so we're like top ten for sure, if not top five. But I mean, what's more impressive is like I mentioned earlier, the the balance scoring throughout the lineup because. Man, they are kind of getting it from everywhere. Not only from like the first line and stuff like that, but yeah. the whole the whole roster itself. I'm just bringing it up there now. Rupe Heinz, Joe Pavelski, oh. who last year we haven't even you know, mentioned Pavelski year. yet. Oh no, that's the thing. Like we haven't even talked about him. He's over a point a game. He's showing that his career year last year, um, not necessarily a fluke, uh, you know, but. Uh, Jamie Ben doing his thing 26 and 25. We haven't seen that out of him in easily six years. Um, and I mean, you mentioned Sagan already, but like these these guys, like you said, balanced scoring. Like these guys are putting the puck in it. Like again, Pavelski is not just assist dishing out apples. He's got 10 goals. So the last same thing with Jamie Ben, 10 goals as well. Like it's this is a this is a well balanced team, well coached team. Like your first line is doing exactly what they should be. Now you've got Sege and Ben, who again been through all the trials and tribulations. Yeah. If anybody knows how to produce whenever things aren't going well, it's going to be these two guys, and they're kind of showing you they're having a nice little rebound sure. here. De Bo- uh, De is definitely having a great effect on this team, and not giving up. I mean, we always kind of see De- not always, but recently they've been. I don't want to say like completely stingy, but they've been a good defensive team. Right. I mean, you, you, you could definitely put them, you know, uh, definitely top, top half, uh, top half of the league, if not top 10 over the last little while. Like Dallas has been known a little bit through like, I'm particularly, I'm going particularly with bonus here. I mean, over the last few years, right. they've had a bit more of a defensive, defensive, uh, mindset, 
But with DeBoer coming in, he's a little a little more to the offensive side. But as I said, I mean, you know, goals against per game, ninth in the league, penalty killing, fourth in the league. Like, they're, they're getting it done on the offensive end pr- pretty big time and not giving up much at all in the way of the defensive game either. So... I, I'm, and it's everyone. Everyone's doing this. Everyone's bought into the system because if you look at the average time on ice, there's outside of a few. Like you got Hiskinen with 25, Lindell with 20, so that's two, and then there's one more. Oh yeah, Sutter. Ryan Sutter is still playing. I didn't know that. <laughs> he's he's at 22 you know minutes. I did not know. Yet another guy adding that to that veteran leadership. Like he's just he's yep. been there. He's done that. I'm not saying that this guy is going to do what he did 10 years ago there when he was No, he's not. That's not, no, it's not why he's there. Like like and that's the thing. I mean, I would say he's more there for a mentorship role more than anything else these days, you know. Solid third line pairing guy kind of kind of deal. I mean, if he needs to play a little higher in the lineup, he can for short spurts, but suffice it to say, he's the, I think he's there to to let Hiskinen explore uh, his offensive side because um, right now they've got him. I don't know how how often he's been there with Hiskinen on the top line, but that's where he is right now, and he's on the second power play unit. So my guess is that you throw him some you you throw him in there to make sure the back end is secured and allow maybe some of the whoever's you're playing defense with to sort of cheat in a little bit because um, he's not exactly racking up points. Right, uh, he's there to to just keep things balanced and and not let things get out of hand because people maybe some people are taking some chances, but my point is that the, is that at least the entire team is buying into the system because everyone's averaging relatively relatively the same thing. In fact, Ben's even down to fourteen fifty seven, basically fifteen minutes a game, but yet still producing at twenty six points and he's a plus ten. So whatever the system is, it's everyone's on board and it's working, like. Everything right now in Dallas is going swimmingly. I mean, your first line's doing what they need to do. You got some great secondary scoring. Um, you know, Heiskanen is I th- pretty pretty much doing what I expected, and I, I would assume yeah. the organization expected as well. Kind of pushing that yeah. point of game a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, they went out and got uh, Nils Lundqvist. I know it's not a big move, but I mean that's a you know first round uh, pedigree. He's definitely been okay. I mean, production-wise, it's not really there. But I think they just wanted another young defenseman. Uh, I believe he was... I think he's a, a right-shot defenseman. I'm not 100% sure. But okay. it was something that was Dallas Dallas was looking for. And then, yeah. and then on the back end with Jake Ottinger, he's proving that it yeah. wasn't a fluke last year. So, I mean, yeah. it, you know, the, the, the peripheral numbers aren't like like they were last year. He's 2.51 GAA and a 9.17 save percentage. But the league as a whole, like your Shosturkins, your Vasilevskis, nobody's really like hammering at home here with like under two GAA and a 9.40 save percentage this year there. Like scoring is, is definitely up a little bit. And the goalies yeah. are, are certainly feeling it. I mean, my guy Shosturkin alone is, is kind of, been hurt in the past few weeks here i mean christ matt murray's playing better than so the i know that since he's been back uh there's so one of the one of our fellow podcasts uh sarcastic remarks um they do they strictly do dallas star stuff and i remember they had posted this out and it's true since his injury he's actually come back a little bit there's something up um he's not he hasn't been his himself as he was pre-injury 
Um, and if you look at his n- numbers real quick, yeah, it's pretty much that I, I would assume something's going on too. Uh, outside of the Colorado game and the Anaheim game where he shut them out, I mean, at this rate, I'm, <coughs> aside from Zegris and, and maybe Terry, who's scoring in Anaheim? So, but anyways, regardless, uh, he's got a 603, a 512, and a four, like his goals against. Like he he has been struggling a little bit lately. So these guys, again, this this other podcast that uh, we're, uh, we're on the same network with, Sarcastic Remarks, uh, they do a good show and they talked about the fact that he just, they're, they're worried that there's something going on with him that's lingering because of this injury. So hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully they can maybe figure, give him, find a way to give him a little bit more time if that's what he needs to fully recoup from this injury because I believe it was a knee injury because yeah there's but again there's also the, the the element of like listen even like right now Vasilevsky's save percentage is under 910 we're talking about that later like every once in a while even the great players have slumps and they go through these things and it happens so it's it's bound to happen Odinger and by no stretch of the imagination is he you know not worthy of continuing to start but maybe for Dallas maybe that's where you start to maybe share it a little bit because um, I know on one hand, Scott Wedgwood has actually played pretty decently in some of these games. His n- numbers, again, don't jump out at you, 305 and 908. Um, but he has looked pretty good um, in certain games, in certain situations. So it's all right to lean on him. It's, it's happened before when he was in New Jersey. So all I'm getting at is that the, the, offensively, or um, sorry, goaltending wise, they're fine. Well, I mean, the way the team has been playing and the, the, the situation that they find themselves in right now, they can definitely afford to kind of give. Ottinger a little extra rest. Sure. I mean, I, I I think if you're, I mean, yes, things can completely go awry, I suppose, uh, and they could miss the playoffs. Uh, you know, not in the literal sense. I I, I don't think that's going to happen at all. But they have a little bit no. of time to, they have a little bit of uh, a little bit of runway here that they can obviously give Wedgwood, like you say, a little bit more uh, a little yeah. bit more leash, and just just to give just to make sure Ottinger's ready for the playoffs, which is my right. point that that I'm getting to is that Dallas is pretty much you know focusing in on that, and they I'm sure they want to have their starting goalie like any organization does, ready to rock and roll game one of the playoffs. Yep, and that and but that's the thing too with this team, especially with the way Robertson's playing. Uh, he is Rupe just Heinz, nuts, man. Like oh, he's just not. He's yeah. More on him later. Um, really top to bottom, this team looks ready for the playoffs like this isn't yeah. it's not like uh oh you know maybe not this year you know it's some good learning no, no no this is a team this is a team that could seriously contend for the for the cup should you know should that start tomorrow kind of thing they seem to have a lot of those pe- a lot of those pieces in the right place like jamie ben the other night dropping the gloves uh he lost the fight but again ready to do whatever it takes to get this team to the next level you've got character players you've got gritty players you've got finesse players you've got good goaltend you've got good defense this team is ready to go. Uh, great coach, ready to rock. Um, I would say look out for Dallas because I don't think this is a lucky streak they've been on. I don't think this is a flash in the pan. I think they're the real deal. They certainly are. I, without a doubt, I have to fully agree with you there. I mean, you're talking about, um, you know, players doing players doing well, being in the right spot at the right time. Right now. I've got a lot of players that I'm going to rhyme off here that seem to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. So let me rifle a little off here for you. Panarin, Zabinijad, Kreider, Trocek, Fox, Shesterkin, Kako, and Lafreniere. So I don't know about you, bud, 
But if I name that off, I, I I'd say, hey, god damn, that's yeah. uh, I, I think we're doing all right hell of here. A team. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the hell has happened to the Rangers. I I listen. I understand. Uh, Andrew Cop goes to Detroit. I understand that there's going to be some new personnel, and I'm always always willing to give a team, you know what, five ten game ish, hell even fifteen, just to kind of get. Everybody gets used to each other. I mean, you know, yeah. They they did have some pieces leave, and now I'm I'm not using that as an excuse whatsoever. The main culprit of this is the fact that this team just cannot keep leads. Like, I want to say over the last two to three weeks, it's almost every game with this team. Like they go in, they get a two nothing lead, or they have a lead going into the third period, and they just can't keep it. I mean, is, is this is what Vancouver struggled through at uh, the beginning of the season? Yeah, S- like similarly, it's it looks the same. Like, a, I mean, it's not just the fact that they're losing, but it's who they're losing to as well, right? So, like, currently, right now, the Rangers are on the outside of the playoffs, looking in. Yeah. Yet, what's more alarming to me is that they've been losing, and it's the clubs that they've been losing to. They've got losses to the Blackhawks and the Senators, which, by the way, were both at home. Like, yeah, that's the big one too. Look, look uh, we we've touted the Sens, and they've got a great lineup. Things just haven't really taken shape yet. Whatever. Yeah. So, in my eyes, but you don't lose I, this I, team. Well, you, at home, you, Marty, you can't. I mean, you and I both know. You know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, twenty years ago. Sure. We could we, we we could say okay, you could lose a couple of these games in November and everything's going to be Marty, you and I both know that this is going to be tight throughout. The Rangers are probably up against it already. Yeah. So especially in this division be, too. You can't be losing to those two teams and then they went out west and they lost to the Ducks in Anaheim. Yeah, that's I, a big I, one. Again, Marty, we've touted players like Zegris, your Drysdales, uh, you know, everything going on in Anaheim. They got a good thing going on there. Ottawa, we've spoken about them before. The Blackhawks, you and I both dragged them through the dirt as much as we possibly yeah. could over the last little while. You just, <laughs> you, you, you can't, you can't lose to these teams and you cannot be giving up, you know, these leads constantly. I mean, to give you a, just a, an oversight here, and I will say, there is a sliver. There is a slight sliver of hope for me when I go over some of these numbers. And it's more towards the defensive side of things. Okay. 20, this team's got 26 games played with 11 wins and 10 losses. So listen, the, the earth is not fallen on the New York Rangers. They're, a, mm. they're an over 500 hockey club. The only problem with that is, is that at 519 points percentage, you're sitting 21st out of 32 teams. So there's some ground to be made up. And Marty, we <laughs> both know it's not the make, like it, they could be eight points out of a playoff spot. Okay. If you look at it that way, oh, geez, we're eight points out of a playoff spot. Okay. But there's five teams that you have to jump over to do that. Yeah. Like you have to hope that at some point, all five teams go on a losing streak. Like you have to, you have to figure that out too. I mean, great to be eight points. When out you're, of a when spot, you're relying you, on other teams doing you the, got the it, work man. for you. That ain't good. Exactly. You're not in a good spot. And I mean, <laughs> and and I rhymed off all those players off the top. And this team is only at a two. Po- well, okay. It's at a 2.92 goals for per game, which 
is isn't it. horrible. It, it's not horrible. Oh, it the is. thing of it is, and you'll be <laughs> for you'll be team? speaking. Come on. Well, for you'll be speaking to it later. At twenty first overall in goals for per games played, that's just not going to cut it. Now, <sighs> thank thankfully at two point eight eight goals against per game, they sit tenth in the league. The power play, which is twenty point five percent. I, I don't worry so much about it. It's 22nd, by the way, league-wide. I don't worry about that because I'm sorry when I'm naming some of those names I named off at the top. Somewhere along the line, that power play has got to start going. And then yeah. you, flip it over to the, you flip it over to the PK, and they're an even 80%, which puts them top 10. So in, in defensive metrics, goals against, and penalty killing, they're top 10, which bodes well because if i think yeah. if i if i was to say that there was a weakness with the with that rangers club it would be on defense i think they kind of got things somewhat you know placed the way they need to have it in regards to their their offense uh it just needs to kind of start clicking here so yeah. i mean does that put galant on the hot seat in your opinion you, you want you know what marty I had the same feeling and I hope to hell not. Like, is this guy just going to keep getting shafted? Like, give this guy a run, man. <laughs> so they're yeah. not doing well. It's okay, great. Like, and and the thing, Shosturkin has not been playing up to his Vezina type self, obviously. But you can't, look, I'm sure you can put a couple of games on him, no problem. Like, I'm not saying that. Yeah, it's, that you I would. put a couple. But I will yeah. say, like, he's sporting a respectable 10-4-4 four, four record. It's 2.59 GAA and a 9.13 save percentage. Is it where yeah. we're used to Sisterkin being? No. But it's not, it hasn't fallen off the earth either there. Like, yeah. it's not the goaltending that is costing the Rangers. They just need to hold these leads. And that, that to me, Marty, is mental. That's a mental thing. Like, I don't think they need to, okay, well, we, every team's got to work on something. But I think in this case, it's definitely something mentally. You got to get over that. You're ahead in the game. Keep playing. And and I and, and you can attest to this, Marty. We've seen it time and time again throughout the the ages. Team goes up and, and then goes into maybe not a shell like they used to back in the day where they could clutch and grab and everything and they could just, mm-hmm. you know, nullify everything. Yeah. But they do go into somewhat of a defensive shell. And I'm like, okay, so you got to play, you got to the lead at three to one playing this way. So now you're going to divert from that and you're going to go do something different. That yeah, doesn't exactly. make any sense to me. No, no. We're ahead three to one. Let's keep playing like it, like, like we, it, we are to get to that point. It just doesn't make I, any sense. So go ahead. And I think the, the game against Edmonton, which was in New York, where after two periods they were up mm-hmm. three nothing, yep, and wound up losing the game, not in overtime, in regulation. Yeah, that was four unanswered up. goals at home. Um, that is indicative of what you were saying. Something that's in it's in your head, um, because at that point, because that game, when was that game? That was. I want to say it's about a week and a half ago, no? It was a little while ago. Yeah, so there it is. So 
it, it's stuff like that that because it, it, I was see we were seeing that with Vancouver too, where it got to a point where it, it was just kind of snowballing. And I'm pointing out that game because it's not necessarily where it started, but it's where the, it sort of got cemented in them. Like, yeah, this is now mental. This is this is you either gonna get rid of the it's it's almost like a weird bug that's going around the NHL and it's touching on some teams. It starts with Vancouver, now it's over New York, and it's gonna affect a couple other teams where they're going to get in their own heads and they're going to get worried about dropping these leads because to to allow four goals to be scored on you in the last period to lose the game. Again, you can't even muster enough, enough of a system to protect that lead to at least go into an OT so you can at least get that one point. Um, that says something. It's not positive. Well, I'm, I mean, for me, it's just a case where you have too much talent it, there, there's just too much talent, man. Like, I mean, and I understand Panarin that with six of, goals is a big problem. Um, well, Panarin needs to, he needs to produce more because that's unacceptable. I, I get that he's leading the team 28 points, but not leading, not even close. He's not even at half uh, in terms of leading, uh, in terms of the leading score on that team because of Banja with 13. And the other thing is Panarin is an ugly minus nine. Of the top five, he's the only one in the minus. So of their best players, he's got some serious, he's got something going on because none of, none of those numbers look good at all. His shooting percentage is down. His time on ice is exactly where it should be. Um, so I'm not sure, I'm not sure. Like he's got one game winning goal. Fucking uh, Trocheck, he's got. Like, oh, he's got none. <laughs> that was like yeah, you, you, like you can tell it's starting. To, it's starting to get to the team because I mean the other night there I think uh, Truba fought for the second time in oh what, yeah in two games or three games and he just tossed yeah. his helmet ri- towards the bench. Like I don't think it was yeah. directed at players or anything like no, that. No, no. But it, but it, but he was trying to you know he was he was he was making a message. I mean he's kind of sick yeah. and tired of it and like they know. And that's the thing too. Like, I mean, they know they have a good team. Like, yep. They they have all they have all the pieces. They have a first line that can do damage. They got the stud D and they got the goalie. Yeah. So it's just a matter of putting things together. And uh, going kind of going back to y- your question about uh, Gallant, I, I really really hope like it's got to like if if for whatever stupid reason he's not to coach that team at the end of this year, I'm like, <laughs> dude. What's wrong with it? Does this guy just come in for like two and a half seasons? Is it always half seasons? Like, I'll I'll say his his departure from the Vegas was definitely a lot less flavorful, if you can, if I can say that, than if he was to leave New York right now. And I say that because with New York, with what's happening right now, being that there's no real reason for any of this, he's got he's got the goalie, he's got the the talent up front, and he's got the talent. On D, there's no reason for this. Now you definitely owe it to not just him, but any coach, uh, to allow them to go through a slump. The slump, oh, yeah. the slump could be long, and it's fine. So he's got his leash is still very, very long. I don't think his his job is absolutely not in question at the moment. But it, one ugly, one ugly, <laughs> one ugly losing streak of we'll say, you know, four or more uh, games in a row. Then I think so. Then I think you've. Then I think you're going to start to notice uh, some chatter. Uh, it's going to start bubbling up a little bit more. I know some people are already talking about him being on the hot seat right now, but I, I think that's premature. You need to give him a little bit more time. I think there's lots of time for them to figure this out. Yes, they're on the outside looking in, but not by much. 
Um, and it's a difficult. They're again, they're in the Metro Division. It's a, it's the hardest one in the NHL. So give them a little bit, of, give him a little bit more time. I think he can turn this around. And if he can get like players like Panarin and even Fox, maybe not that he's playing bad, but just get some people Trocheck to fucking figure something out. Um, Lafreniere, like I, I personally am. I, for me, that ship sailed a long time ago, but for whatever reason, people still believe in him, then fine, but figure it out. You got to get him to score more. He's got three fucking goals. Like, uh, same thing with Kako. He's got four. Like, if you can get these guys to figure it out, then, you know, Gallant's the, the savior, right? Then everything's fine. Um, but uh, if you, like I said, if he goes on another losing streak of like three or four games in a row, yeah, I think that at that point you got to do something. Send a message for sure to the rest of the team. And it sucks that it's got to be him. But I mean, really, at that point, I, to me, it is on the coach because the talent's there. Well, let's put a little bow on this uh, Rangers talk with a final question <laughs> to you. Do you think okay. that the Rangers make the playoffs this year? Uh, it's I tough know. because there's there's a lot of really good teams this year. There's a lot of surprises this year. Um, my initial thought, no, I don't think so. I, I think they're on their outside looking in because I don't think, I think they run into more issues similar to what we're seeing right now. And I don't, and I think they, they eventually run out of time. I don't think Galant gets fired, but I think he figures it out for a little bit while, but then they go into another slump and their season ends up being too much, uh, too up and down and, uh, too long on the downs that is going to cost them the, the playoffs. Because right now, as it currently stands, Pittsburgh and Detroit have the wild card spots. Uh, Detroit's got twenty nine points in twenty four games. In, in twenty four okay. games, the Rangers have played twenty six games. So Detroit's got two games in hand yeah. on them, and they're four I ain't betting against Eiserman. And they're uh, they're <laughs> two points up. So yeah, I no. I mean I wouldn't either. So. It, it it's going to be tough. We go back to, you know, and the last thing I'll say about this is we go back to the whole, you have to jump three and four teams to, to get to these playoff yeah. spots. Like it's a lot of work. Na- it is, it is. So there you go. That's it. And when you, when you dug you're yourself a bit of a hole, it's yeah, Rangers are done. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. See, fini. Call it in. Quarter Bye-bye. of the season out of the way. See you later. Bye bye. <laughs> so, for, so I was saying in the beginning, I didn't really, I, uh, for whatever, I started writing about Boston, which I wouldn't mind talking about Boston too, because I, I didn't expect them to be better than last year. But as I started writing it out, it really started to feel like, yeah, but, you know, I, I want to talk about this guy and this guy and, and this team um, or that, like, it's kind of, because every time I look at hockey right now, I'm, I feel like I'm always hearing about McDavid, who, honestly, he's already at his half, um, at half his total of goals as he was for his total from last year, but he's only at the quarter mark, right? So if this isn't the year they win the Rocket Richard Trophy, it'll be because of probably somebody like Robertson, who is not only proving that he's a bargain, like we mentioned, at 7.75 a year, but he's drawing some actual comparisons to one Mr. McDavid. So maybe that's premature, but it's not without some merit. I mean, the kid's actually playing lights friggin' out right now. He He is as much fun to watch as... So many other players in the league, and and one of those who's to me, I got a bit of, not an argument, but I got in a back and forth with somebody else on Twitter about Tate, excuse me, Tate Thompson, who he's correct me if I'm wrong here, because I haven't heard anybody else say it, so I feel like I'm probably wrong in this. But imagine if you had Eric Lindros and Peter Forsberg, and then you blended in some good health. <laughs> Tell me you don't get Tate Thompson. 
Because that's yeah. when I watch him play, he's got the creativity, the puck possession, the control of one Peter Forsberg. But he also has the body and the physique and the finesse also of one Eric Lindros. But he's healthy. So that he, to me is why when I see Tate Thompson, I see that. To me, he's a unicorn right now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. no, but, but, and, well, and true. I, I'll, I'll follow that up by saying when, okay, you see, he pulls that move, he come, kind of comes across the blue line from right to left, and then he comes uh. back in towards the right and starts to, sh- he put, puts out his shoulder and starts to shield the puck. And then he comes yeah. back over and he usually puts a top cheese or that's Forsberg. And, to and me, that's like, Forsberg when I see that. Marty, when was the last time you saw a guy of that size move like that? Lindros. Okay. That's the last and, time. And, and I'm not talking, uh, and I'm not saying this guy is an absolute speedster. Like we've talked about him and Tuck, and Tuck's the speedster, right? Right. But, but it's almost, do you get the feeling like it's almost in slow motion? When he does that move, well, be- yeah, because it's just, I find it's, be- so- it's because he's so big. Oh my because god! You can, it's almost like it's almost like you're watching it. Like you're right. It's almost like you're watching in slow motion because there's nothing you can. You do. can almost no, absolutely not. You can see the play developing as he's bringing it around and as he's cradling it and as he's doing whatever it is he's anyway. doing with it. And it's like he's poor sick. defenders. Like I, he is like he, and the guy on Twitter that I was talking to, like it's. It, it's hard to argue that he's not the most exciting player to watch in hockey right now. And at the moment, at the time, sorry, I was like, sorry, but McDavid still plays. And the reason I say that is because while McDavid may not have done the types of moves that Tage Thompson is doing, he has absolutely done his fair share of McDavid stuff. And we've all, we all know what McDavid can do. We've all seen what he can do. He's been doing it for years. He's been doing it since day one. I still feel like McDavid is the owner of if I'm asked to pay money to see someone, who would it be? It's McDavid. However, Tej is absolutely making a run at that moniker for sure. Like I, if, 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 if for whatever reason I pay that money and they say, no, you know what? McDavid's hurt. Then it's all right. Shift immediately to Tej Thompson. I mean, we, 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 we just haven't seen it since. I mean, when you really think about yeah. it, I suppose Lindros, like someone with that size and, and physical specimen, um, you know, like it's just some of the stuff he's been doing. Is, I'm just like, holy Christ, man. Like he's, this guy's, he's this obviously guy's massive. very creative. Like he's, if I'm not mistaken, he's six, seven, like just in shoes. So somewhere, yeah, you know, somewhere on there. So he's like sick. This guy, is six nine <laughs> yeah, on skates? <laughs> it's just it, yeah, it's that's inc- not right. It's just incredible. And look, I know that Buffalo's going through a little bit of a rough patch there. Like I know that the shine is off the start of the year. <coughs> I get it, but there yeah. are definitely some really really bright spots in that lineup for years to come. Here, you know, from Darlene and Power to Tage, and you know, Tuck wants to be there. He's from the area. You know, uh, uh, Skinner. Uh, I mean, we're gonna. I think we're hitting on him a little bit later. He's been. Uh, you know, found again, if you will. It's yeah. just, it, it's just good times in Buffalo. And the last thing <laughs> I'll say about this, the last thing I'll say about Tage Thompson, you know, you get into these fantasy hockey pools, right? Like this guy's busting out at like 26, 20 or 25, 26 years old. 
Like this isn't yeah. some 18 year old, uh, you know, hot shot, you know, top 10 got like, he's a first rounder. I believe a late first rounder from St. Louis, but I mean, it's taken him a while and, and it usually yeah. does for these big guys. I mean, he at, at six foot seven, like you got to think about it here. I mean, if we go back to when this kid was 18, I bet you he was still fairly large. Like I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised six, three, six, four there. If not, if not bigger when it was drafted. So he, he, these guys take time to develop and yeah. boy, oh boy, when the body and the mind and all the hands, everything kind of starts to align together. This is pretty, this is something pretty special here. It's, it's, it's been fun watching him play hockey yeah, and walking, watching him discover who he is in the NHL. Essentially, that's kind of where he's at right now. He's kind of discovered himself. And, and listen, uh, full disclosure, absolutely. Uh, when that when he signed that contract, I was like, listen, I'd like to see him do a little bit more before I give him that kind of money. Me um, too. And, and I still stand by that. I don't think so I was I. necessarily wrong in that. I, th- I think it's a gamble when you do that. It just right now, it looks like the gamble is absolutely going to pay off for Buffalo, which is fantastic because it's great for hockey. Happy to be wrong, um, but oh, I still too. don't think you yeah. you dole out that kind of cash to someone who's only done, who's only actually done it once because um, he has. But at least he's doing it, and he's we're all the beneficiary for it. <laughs> um, I, I had a couple of players like Mitch. I, I wanted to mention a couple of the guys before I move on to what I actually kind of want. That's sort of the overhanging topic of what I wanted to talk about today. But uh, quickly, Mitch Marner, obviously great uh, run for him. What was it? Seventeen games. Uh, he's what eighteen of a point. Is it eighteen now? Okay, like that's I so. that says a lot. Like I think I, eighteen broke. I think I, eighteen broke the record. I think the the, okay. the, the fr- their their franchise record. Yeah, the franchise record, exactly. Yeah, and it's still going strong to this day. So you know, good for him. Hopefully, it keeps going. Um, I I've always liked Mitch Marner. I've always thought that he was the better overall player to Austin Matthews. I know it usually plays second fiddle Austin Matthews because it's Austin Matthews is kind of like the the, the lure. He's he gets the spotlight because who doesn't love a goal scorer, especially a pure goal scorer? But quite frankly, where the hell has he been this year? I know he's got twelve goals in twenty four games, but that's not Mitch Marner. Sorry, that's not Austin Matthews. Uh, that's not why Austin Matthews makes money. He doesn't make money to score 12 and 24 he's like why isn't he up there with Robertson and McDavid right now that's where he's supposed to be that's what he's paid to do so in my opinion it means he's having a down year so Mitch Martner you know coming to save the day because at some point he owns that captaincy Mitch Martner will be the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs in fact that he'll be the captain while JT is still there probably in the last year They'll swap it, and then they'll eventually trade him. But Jay, for a while, JT will still be there, and Mitch Marner will be the captain of that team. That's his team, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Elias Peterson, who's at Peterson, sorry, out of Vancouver, uh, quite the contract last year, even with the shitty start he had in the season. He's up to 11 goals, 18 assists uh, for 29 and 25. Good on him. Nice to see Vancouver kind of turn things around a little bit. I think we talked about that last week a little bit as well. But uh, Pet- Peterson, a big reason for that. Joe Pavelski talked about him earlier, continuing where he left off from his career year last year. He's got 10 and 18 and 25, meaning he's well on his way to repeat that. These are all like really, really good stories of great players. Jeff Skinner, another one, happy for him. Him. For whatever reason, I've always liked him. I've had a soft spot for him. I'm not, I can't explain why. So I'm happy to see him surrounded with talent now. He's got 12 and 20. Uh, he's got 12 and 15 and 25. So over a point a game. By the way, everyone I'm mentioning right now is over a point a game. That's one thing I had to look at too, and I didn't actually write it down. I kind of wish I had. Um, but the um, the amount of players currently sitting at over a point a game is 64. We ended last year with just over 50. 
So there's a lot of goals being scored right now in the NHL. Dominic Kubalik, he's another one. He's uh, another one actually that Chicago probably should have held on to for their rebuild. But he's got 10 and 14 and 24. So he's actually over a point a game as well. So what I'm getting at with all of this is that if you feel like it's possible that you're seeing more goals this year, well, you're not wrong. Because um, early on in the 22-23 season, the NHL average is 3.23 goals per game per team. And this is the highest per game average since the 93-94 season, where at that point it was 3.24. So obviously we've seen something change in the NHL. So now you say, well, okay, so we're seeing more goals. All right, so then the goaltending must be really shitty. Actually, it's not. Um, it doesn't mean that we're not seeing stellar goaltending because we actually are. There are 17 goalies with a 9-10 save percentage or higher. And like I mentioned earlier, Vasilevsky and Saros are both at 9-0-9. So you might as well throw them into the mix too because it's Vasilevsky and Saros for God's sakes. And while there's also 15 goalies with a goals against of under 275, so both stat are a minimum of 10 games played. So these are the real deal goalies here. So in short, we're seeing better hockey than we've seen in probably since the 90s. And I feel like all of the 2000s, we've kind of been waiting for this, for hockey to kind of come back around and be exciting and entertaining. Now, this is exciting and entertaining in a different way. They, yes, they've taken out all of the hits, not all the hits. You're not seeing the types of hits that you used to see before. You're not seeing fighting like you used to see before, which people always lament for and say, oh, hockey's soft now and all that kind of stuff. Yet, maybe it's gotten softer. Maybe it's gotten smarter. Maybe it's smarter now because they've seen too many people leave hockey with concussions and issues afterwards. People who committed suicide. Maybe they decided to actually be responsible about this and try to give you something that you can still watch and be entertained with, which is exactly what we're seeing right now. This hockey is fucking exciting to watch. It's entertaining as shit. Goals are being scored and incredibly, sorry torts, but these are some fun goals to watch. Tage Thompson, uh, Zegris, these goals that we're seeing. I, I'm a little sick of the Michigan. I'm not going to lie just because we've seen it so many times. But he's doing it in different ways now at least. So that's something. Uh, watching him take penalty shots or just it's something else. Like This is a lot of fun to watch right now. Hockey's really, really interesting. And it, honestly, if you were new to hockey this year, welcome. And I don't think you're ever going to leave. This is a great introduction to a sport this year. Well, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm going to kind of rewind it a little bit here. Go back to Jeff Skinner a little bit. And you know what? I kind of feel the same way. He's yeah. Even though, even though I don't know the guy personally, he's one of the good guys, right? He's one of the good guys. Seems like, like it. Like, Absolutely. Like it, so I have to say I'm happy for him too. He's been through some really, really lean stuff in, in Buffalo, <laughs> man. Like, I mean, yeah. lean. So, yeah. I mean, good on him. <laughs> happy for him and yeah i mean in regards to the to the uh, the scoring in the league marty to keep it simple it's just good it's good for the game yeah like yeah dude the way the goalies are are developed uh, they're gonna make great saves you're you're not giving anything up if you are scoring more goals like you're not gonna have goaltenders across the league that are gonna look ridiculous there you're going to have goaltenders that are going to make phenomenal, phenomenal saves on shots yeah. that are like, dude, did you see, like, I mean, Jack Hughes, uh, I want to say it was about four or five oh, days man. ago. He's on the goal line and he, he basically knocks it off his helmet. Like, yeah, the, what, what, I agree with you. And whenever you say this is kind of what we've been waiting for, what I've been waiting for is for the reins to be pulled off. And someone like Zegris or someone can do that in a game, 
not in a shootout yeah. in the actual no. game. Okay. Yep. And I'm not just talking, I'm not talking and I'm not like focusing on the Michigan. I'm talking about everything. Like you're not going to staple a young player to the bench because he made some sort of mistake or whatever. Like, I mean, take Montreal, for example, right? Cole Caulfield is going to be in his office on that left side. I mean, I, it's it's almost Ovechkin like, and I'm not saying that he is Ovechkin. I'm just saying like it, it's it's no, no. But you're you, right. You, you know it's coming. As soon as Suzuki yeah. gets that puck, you know he's looking for him. So yeah, it, those types of things. Like, listen, I, I know it can be maybe repetitive to a certain degree, especially on the power play, and I really hope that Montreal switch changes that up a little bit. But the the the, the freewheeling and the uh, the creativity that the league or or certain coaches, because it's not every coach, but certain coaches are allowing these players. That's what yeah. it's all about, man. Like that, I agree. you know, you know, Batman wants to grow the game. Everybody wants to grow the game. Okay, well, let well, the, let these guys, let these kids exactly. do what they've been doing since they've been ten. Like, yeah. like Zekris is pulling all of these moves. You know, a couple of years ago in in the All Star game. He was doing that when he was 10 years old. It doesn't mean that he's going to put the, 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 the puck on the edge of his stick and, you know, wheel it around like as if there's a, a string attached to it all game. Right. But if he can show a little little pizzazz, a little razzmatazz, if you will, then razzmatazz. whatever. Like, like I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And I think it's actually lacking in the NHL. I mean... The more personality we let out, it, it, and it's slowly coming around, the more yeah. personality we can let out both on and off the ice, the better it is for the game, period. I Yeah. The bottom line, that's exactly it, yeah. Um, one person, though, who's doing his best to ruin the season for everybody is Jordan Bennington. Uh, like he's, I don't know, man, he's just turning into a piece of shit at this point. I Like for St. Louis, they must be just being like, oh. Man, he just entered this contract. He's got what is it, five years left on his contract? Like this is not going well for them at all. And uh, basically, it's Brube summed it up best: just play goal, stop the puck. Enough with the antics. That's that's yeah. direct quote, and couldn't be more right. I fully agree. I mean, it's got to stop, man. Like they're paying God, this guy for the pointless. next five years. Like just, yeah. just if stop you suck, it, if if you if you suck and you're not playing well, don't add to it by being a douche on the ice. You keep that shit inside, and then when you get in the dressing room, throw a fit where it's it's in okay. private, right? Nobody nobody can really say anything about it. But doing what he's doing, yeah, I'm not. I, especially was it Russ? He just like hit him right in yeah. the face yeah. as he was coming around the net, like got, and he got that penalty. Like that's just you're taking it out on everybody now. Like you're just man, grow up. Now, <laughs> now, s- side note here, I'm sure you watched yeah. the. Uh, I'm sure you watched the uh, highlights of that St. Louis game. You know, I really had to feel for Grice. He goes into the net, and he must have caught a rut, and he and he fell right into the net, knocked the net off the moorings no. and everything. I don't know if you Is saw it? that, but uh, man, I no. felt bad because everything's going wrong with Bennington and everything. Here's yeah, three, yeah. and and they're on the road, and they're on the road too. So he kind of yeah, sk- yeah. here's Grease skating up to the net, you know, taking over for Bennington. He gets pulled. He hits a rut Jesus. and just. Face first, dive into the crossbar, bud. <laughs> oh no, that's just talk about adding to it. Eh? Salt I know, on the I know. wound. Holy shit! 
<laughs> Although at that point, honestly, I would just laugh because, like, oh, all right, of course, this is perfect. Yes, of course, like I'm, I'm gonna like face if I'm into the crossbar. <laughs> like, if I'm Barubi at that point, I'm like, okay, fuck, just play the rest of the yep, game, guys. I'll whatever. be in the dressing room later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do whatever the hell you want, guys. I don't care. Um, before we uh, hit to a commercial break, just a couple of notes because I found there's a lot. There was a lot of shit that went down <clears throat> at the end of today on Monday. Uh, so Crosby, Malkin, and DeSantis are all MIA with MIA with illnesses as of this morning. It doesn't look like any of them are going to be playing. Uh, Barkov still won't play come Tuesday. Illness as well. Uh, Pichangelo, no timetable for his return and will not dress tonight. Uh, something's up with Eichel. He's got a lower body injury that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Kumper is also out until December seventh. Uh, Byram. Uh, this just like about an hour ago, he's landed on the IR out until at least December 7th and Lindell upper body out until December 8th. So, and that's, those are all just things that kind of came in at the last minute that I wanted to get off, uh, make sure people were aware of. There's a lot, um, there's a lot going on with your squad there, bud. Barkoff, Peter Angelo. Yes. Or not, sorry, that's not part Barkoff. of the reason that it's part of the reason why I'm mentioning it because oh, <laughs> I can see it all. Oh, God, Crosby, it's Crosby, Malkin, Barkoff, Patangelo. Like it's it's Jesus. that's my core. One of my that's one of my cores right now. Um, but anyway, we're going to get God damn, not who am me. I oh, damn. <laughs> you should be playing it. <laughs> um, but speaking of which, we'll actually come right back after this short commercial break and we'll get right into the CFHL. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can enjoy just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into even bigger payouts with same-game parlays, combine multiple bets like which team will win and how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We have to play some, um, what's that elevator music? What do they call that? Just regular elevator music. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a, there's a name for it. Anyway, I'll, I'll figure it out. Fuck, there's whatever. a name for it. Elevator music. You just said it. <laughs> no, no it's something special. I don't know. I don't know. There's just, anyway, whatever. It's all good. <gasps> and we're back. Check my fanny. Check in, check in, check in my checking fanny. checking your fanny. Listen, you check your own damn fanny. This, well, I don't have a mirror. I need somebody. You're on the camera. Oh, oh okay. All right. Oh, God. 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 <coughs> after hours. After hours. My lord. So, all right. Quickly. Brigands, 43. Royals, 42. Buccaneers, 62. Demons, 36. Apocalypse, 52. Cougars, 45. Dragons, 46. Pondhogs, 30. What does that mean? Dragons are 6-1-1. One, and one. Freaking, yeah, we're yeah, yeah. um yeah yeah. Uh, Pond Hogs one and seven. Yeah. Apocalypse six one and one as well. They hold their top spot over the uh, over everyone really over the world. The rain, but in the how division within uh and then Cougars one five and two, slipping. Buccaneers they won theirs three four and one now. 
uh, with the top score actually for last week. And big then, week, uh, big week. Demons, we, we said it last week too. We said it last week too. Sixty-two. Yeah. He went out and made that but, trade, uh, and it helped. You damn and he, right, and he's he's going to contend in that division now. That's for sure because uh, one uh, Scott McGregor Royals lost terribly <laughs> to <laughs> yours truly Brigands. 43 to 42 when they had a goalie who wasn't even supposed to dress that night in Huso, uh, who did end up with the win. I swear to God, when I saw he was in Nets, it was against Columbus. I'm like, yep, there it is. I was up by four points and I saw a shutout in my future. I thought for sure that's what was going to happen. You know what he I also thought? had Carlson. I'll, I'll be yep. honest with you. I What I thought was going to happen, okay, Huso gets a win and then we all, I'm sure we were all sitting there thinking the same thing. Okay, Marty's yeah. up by one now. Can you yeah. imagine if Carlson would have a goal, one? a goal, exactly oh, one goal would've... by Carlson. And that would have been it because as it turns out, Chicago decided to get shut out. So I didn't even get any help from Kane that night. So yeah, yeah no, exactly. That's exactly what I was waiting too. for. I thought you kind of yeah. had it a little bit wrapped up, especially with Kane, but man, it's Me the too, Black but Hawks. Yeah, it's the that... Blackhawks, man. It's the Blackhawks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't bet on the Blackhawks. Even even to lose, don't just stay away from the Chicago Blackhawks. Period. Um, but anyway, probably a good idea. All that to say, all that to say, it's going to be another tight season because we got you at six one and one, the Apocalypse at six one and one, myself at five two and one, and you got uh, Scott at five and three, and my dad who's creeping up right behind the Buccaneers three four and one. I know the record doesn't sound very good, but that's not indicative of what he's been doing lately. Um, and especially with the trades that he's done. And again, 62 points last week. He's up there with the big boys. Um, but it's Joel. I think the apocalypse are the silent yeah. the silent killers. The silent year. assassin. Uh, we're, not talk- on- we're not talking about six- them enough. He's on a six-game winning streak, man. Like Exactly. He started he's trying year- to stay under the weight. He's the Carolina Hurricanes of our league, I find, where they're consistently great. Elite. Like even right now, no one's really talking about the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. They're elite, exactly. Um, to me, that's that's who they are right now, and they've. I think they got the same color scheme. <laughs> no, there's blue in there. But still, uh, Joel is the the big. I'm more scared of Joel now than I than I than I am of Scott. But I'm st- I'm still terrified of Scott. I think I think Scott's just having his lull that every, we, we're all going to go through in this season. And Scott's going to be as hot as he can possibly be at the right time, especially near the end of the season. His kids are still going to be young, legs under them and everything. Mine are going to be a year older. Well, <laughs> That's not going to be good. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely, I mean, I think the matchup of the week is probably myself against your brother. Uh, the apocalypse yes. against Someone's the dragons. But yeah, somebody's, yeah. somebody's taken, well, I mean, Joel's got, well, t- uh, he's, he's, got fir- he's got, he's got first by points four. But uh, somebody's definitely going to have a leg up here uh, by the end of the week. So we'll see how the, all this plays yeah. out. But yeah, man, it's it's kind of really... Who's Scott start- playing against? Uh, Scott has got Tom this week. So the Royals play the Demons. The Buccaneers are up against the Pawn Hogs. Uh, yeah. And yourself against the Cougars. So what we have this week is divisional matchups, folks. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's going to be interesting to see here because... It, it it's starting to mimic last year big time. Like there are four teams, Man. the top four teams right now are completely jam packed, uh, six one and one yep. and five and three. So there's there's just. Do you so think much. we see a repeat of last year though? Like because last year right yep. down to the wire, five teams. So yep. that's we've kind of got that well, right now, right? 
Well, I, I, I mean, yes, a little bit. I mean, if you put your dad in there now, like creeping up to 500, um, we could, we could see six. Um, yeah. But what I, but what I will say is unless something goes awry and some half of someone's team starts to really just shit the bed a little bit, I honestly think that the apocalypse, myself, the dragons, yourself, uh, with the brigands and the Royals, I think those yeah. are team like when you look at those rosters, and I'm not saying that there isn't good players on other rosters. I'm just saying like not o- ov- overall rosters, like any one of us can take it. Um, you know, your dad makes a big move for uh, Philip Ronick yeah. and get some secondary scoring in uh, Kuznetsov. Like not a bad move, and no. you know he's he's trying to pull himself back to 500, get back in the fight. Um, it. it I don't know. I I just I I really think that it could be a three or four headed monster going down to the last like three, third or second last week. It's it's going to be tight again. It really really is. And the thing that's that's even more interesting is okay. So you have both myself and Joel at six one and one, but mm-hmm. the points for like three eighty three eighty four yeah. and three sixteen. Like nobody's nobody's like really running away with it. Like, I mean, yes, there's a, a little bit of a spread between you and Scott, but yes, but at the same time, I'm though, the beneficiary of people not scoring in the week. <laughs> now, that being said, I'm being consistent in at least making sure I win those weeks and not, you know, having a shitty week myself. I actually had to look at my at my games where I've won and lost and my average is a healthy average and somewhere close to 45. I can't remember the exact number right now. It's less than 45. Sorry. I think it was around 42. Um, but that's, I don't think that's like, I don't, I don't think I catch up points wise in goals for, I, I really don't. I don't see how I can at this point being almost a hundred points behind Scott. Um, but I think I can keep myself, I think I can get myself up to 50, which is fine. Um, and that, and I say that because like it, it doesn't, that doesn't actually play a, as a factor in terms of wins and losses and who ends up. Cause I could win the whole season and be dead last in goals for just being really lucky all season long that people don't score on that, on those particular weeks. Well, I mean, that is the beauty of our league. There, there is some, you know, there, there is some uh, science that you can go off of and, and, and determine who you should be playing. But at the end of the day, it there is a luck metric to to our league, yeah. and yeah. you know, yeah, you're 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 certainly a little bit off the mark in regards to the the top teams in regards to scoring. But if you don't need it, you don't need it. And right now, and you, also- ha- you haven't needed it right now. You, like you say, you are playing a softer weeks against some of the some of the better teams. And hey, that's hey, that's the way it goes. That's that's the way the cookie crumbles. That's the luck of the draw. There's also there's also the the element and because it's not just for me because uh, it, it, I'm not the only one who's almost a hundred points behind Scott. Um, there's quite a few of us, and I think what you need to look at too is the fact that so long as you're doing some winning, you must have some good players. And I do. I've got some players, and same thing for the other teams. There's some players in there that are are staying consistent and and giving you what you need week in and week out. I haven't had, and this goes for other teams too, and that's that's what happens. You'll have these monstrous weeks, like my dad just had 62 points. That's not his average. He's not averaging 62 points a week. He's going to average, we all average, somewhere between 40 and 50 points a week. Um, that's where you land at the end of the season. So, so long as you're consistently there, 
you there's an argument to to be said that you're still one of the considered one of the better teams if your record reflects that so long as you've stayed within that average even without a week, two weeks, three weeks of having those explosive weeks where you're into the 60s. Because last year, again, I, this was basically my team last year. I was the beneficiary of maybe a little bit more scoring where I did manage a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks, sorry, where I had the the 50 set, 55 to 65 point week. And that happens. It's happened to you, I think, already this this year. And it's yeah. happened to Joel. It just happened to my father. Scott has definitely has his, had his. It's not to say I'm not going to get my week. It's not to say that you guys aren't going to get more weeks like that. So long as I'm, I see consistency, then I've got no issues. Because again, really your average by the end of the season is what makes the most sense. And that's where between 40 and 50, I don't think it, I, I, it'd be good to find out, Joel, get on this, uh, what has been the highest average for a, a team scoring in a season for us, like one of our teams. Um, I don't know that we actually collect that kind of stat. That'd be interesting to know. There are there there is a um, uh, a page with some history on it um, in, on our website, and I can go and check it out okay. there. See if there's something similar to what we may be looking for. Um, but yeah, like uh, our our scoring in our league. Yes, we've made a, a switch to defenseman scoring two two points for a goal, but uh, yeah, I mean the league itself has has had a bump in scoring here over the last little while so it's definitely yeah it's definitely bled into obviously our fantasy teams and makes things more exciting and of course you know these higher point totals like i mean i don't it's it almost seems like somebody's pushing 60 every week somebody it is. does it's true so i mean it, it it like here's ryan i think he had a 45 point week last week and 45 points i remember the days where that would almost guarantee you wins almost every week yeah. So, it's, but yeah, it's, with more scoring going on in the league, forty-five. You're if if you're averaging forty-five, you're okay. But if you think that's going to be your big week, while well, you're in for that's disappointing. Then that's just it's not going to come in a little bit all. of trouble. Sixty-two there sure. is pretty high. Sixty-two is I think, and I want to say Scott had a sixty-four point week, if I'm not mistaken. I think, um, yeah, I think that was that. That might have been the highest. No. I feel yeah. I'm pretty sure Scott uh, has had the highest. He's he's had a, he's got a 59. He's had a few other ones. Where is he? 66. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> 66 point like and and FYI, he beat my dad by 11 points. My dad had 55. That's, That's a nuts. good week too. That's a week where Tage Thompson had nine points for my dad and still is a week where he lost because Eric Carlson had 12 points. I hate those weeks. had seven. Like, I really, I really, really hate those weeks. If you, like, pop 50 and you don't win the week, it's like, whoa, Jesus Christ. What the hell else? He sat Rupe Heinz with seven points. Like, like it's good to show you, like, these guys, these players, like, man, these teams, these are good teams, man. Anyone can go off at any time in this league, like, honestly. Now, I mean, yeah. okay, maybe your pluggers, third and fourth liners are going to have a hard time there, but yeah. <laughs> but having said that, um, now, we're, now I'm going to talk we're about into, we're an, yeah, an, we're not, not third or fourth no. liners. We're talking elite no. here. Okay. Elite. Wow. One of them is going to be a fourth liner or a bench player. <laughs> I do have to give a little bit of love to Roman Yossi. And the reason being is because I had him as a beast earlier on this year. Well. Beauties and the beast. By the way, if, if you have it, if you can't tell, run the beauties and the beast. It, if you remember, he was kind of floundering at like two or three points, like seven or eight or nine games yeah, in. It was well, bad. it was pathetic. 
Well, now you have Rossi sitting at 23 games played with six goals and 14 assists for 20 points. So we're starting to creep up here to the point per game status. He's a minus two, but I mean, Nashville as a whole is, you know, not exactly. uh, But Nashville's turned it around lately. Oh, yeah. A little bit. It's part of the reason why. Yeah. I mean, and and just as uh, I mentioned, even when he was a beast, he's still playing huge minutes, 24-57 yeah. time on ice. So listen, I mean, For sure. Yossi's definitely turned it around, and, and you know, he's nearing the point-per-game pace, as, as I just mentioned. Um, you know, it, 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 it's the elite defenseman that we're used to seeing. Um, I mean, yes, he's leaned on the power play to jumpstart his season a little bit. He's got half of his points that are uh, off of the power play. Um, but you Fine. know what? But you know what? Those managers that exer- exercise patience are certainly reaping the benefits. And I don't know what more you could say other than the fact that he is literally a plug and play every week. I mean, I don't, yeah. I, I don't really now, especially now that he's kind of turned it around. This is the guy that you just got. I mean, he can go off for those five, seven, you know, eight point weeks. So, I mean, that's yeah. definitely that's definitely somebody you want to keep an eye on. Um, another elder statesman and. I will say full disclosure here. I have this guy in my pool, my CFHL pool with the boys. And I actually wasn't so thrilled with him as a choice at the draft. Kind of, <laughs> I kind of, well, it's just in the moment, you just kind of make the move and, you know, you're kind of looking at your, your sheets and everything. And I kind of said to myself, yeah. geez, I don't know, man, I kind of added some gray beards uh, to the roster this year. Like, you know, Wheeler, Kopitar, I brought in Latang and Doughty. Like, these are guys that yeah. I've had before, so I felt comfortable. Um, but yeah. listen, uh, to my surprise, Wheeler has, def- has been quite productive. Uh, Not just your th- surprise. A lot of people are surprised by this, I think. I mean, a quarter of the way through the year, he's, he's you know, he basically a point of game guy here. So, I mean, he's got 22 yep. points in 23 games, seven goals, 15 assists. And... The weird part, obviously, you know, we talked about it a little bit at the start of the year, Marty, when he got the captaincy taken away from him. I just wasn't sure how that was all going to play out, not only for the player, but also for the roster. And for whatever yeah. reason, it seems to, it, he has seemed to take it as a professional. He's come in and just played his game. Like, okay, I don't have the C on me. Like, what, am I going to go and cry in the corner? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's just come in. Yeah. He's not getting as much ice time maybe as he was before. He's, he's uh, 17 and a half, 1732 uh, time on ice uh, on average. So he's a plus one. He's he's just getting the job done. He's off that first line. He's, he is working the second, uh, the second line. But the nice thing about it, it comes at uh, Nick Ehlers cost, mind you. But the fact that Ehlers isn't around basically gives Wheeler a little bit of that kind of prime ice time, if you will. So listen, True. I mean... Uh, if especially if you're in a daily fantasy and some of these types of guys are available just because of age a lot of time i mean you certainly want to scoop him up while he's while he's getting the job done i mean i believe that yeah. uh, Ehlers is out f- pretty long term here long-term. so yeah. so i think so i think you may want to you know hitch on to him if, if if not for for good then you know plug and play in and out uh for certain weeks or whatever yeah. um but yeah, Blake Wheeler's definitely getting the job done for you. Uh, my third beauty this week is Brady Kachuk. 6'4", 2'11", 23-year-old, 24 games played, 12 goals, 17, 17 assists for 29 points. He's a minus eight, playing 18, 16 uh, a night. I, I, I just flat out, man, I don't know what more this guy can do for you. I mean, he produces, he's physical, he'll knock your front teeth out. I mean, he's the driving, yeah. he's the driving force of this uh, young uh, up-and-coming roster. I mean, the guy 
uh, had a couple of fight uh, fights over the last couple of weeks. I mean, I, I just I, I just don't know what more this guy can do other than literally dragging his teammates into the fight with him. Uh, in my personal <laughs> in my personal opinion, that eight year contract that he signed, uh, he's out playing it now. Um, I mean, yep. I mean, my words for sure. I, I, he's been way better than I thought he would be. Well, it's just, and, and you know, Marty, I, I, I keep going to the same story. It's the intangibles, right? Like it's all of the stuff that Jesus, 90% of the, the league doesn't give you like this yeah. guy, this, like I said, this guy can, you know, drive you into the boards and put you out for the next month and a half. Yeah. And then the same, and then the same game can bury a hat trick. And, and have a fight. Like, it's just, he is doing everything for that roster right now. I really do hope that uh, the, the Senators can turn it around. I certainly don't see the playoffs in the picture whatsoever. But, no. but turning the ship, I mean, Montreal did it last year. Brought in St. Louis, things turned around. Even, yeah. if, even if, Marty, it was only the culture. Even if. You need to That's get, fine. You need to get some sort of positive momentum, positive waves going here in Ottawa. Yeah. And I I, I don't think that happen, that's going to happen without Brady Kachuk. Like, this guy is completely, utterly the heart and soul of this team. Um, you know, do I still think that... I, I, I would still say that Batherson is going to give him a run in regards to a top scorer. But, again, when you put the intangibles on top of 29 points in 24 games you're hitting elite status for me and, and and he doesn't have to hit elite status production wise for me. I mean, if he's under slightly under a point a game, but doing what he's doing, sorry, dude. You, yep. Thanks. Thanks buddy. I'm all over it. You're, you're yep. I'm more than happy with the contract, more than happy with what you're giving me yeah. the whole nine yards. So, I mean, when it comes to yeah. Brady Kachuk, I just don't know what else this guy can do for you right now. He's, he's absolutely, absolutely letting things up. The Kachuk family. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> they're they're pretty impressive, that's for damn sure. Oh, for sure. And last but not least, my beast this week. Now, I kind of felt when I was writing this out that I'm kind of kicking this guy while he's down. Because I know he just got sent to the minors, but we are talking about Calvin Peterson out in LA. So, I mean, how quick things change, right? Like roughly about two years ago, the Kings were kind of hoping that this guy was going to run with the starters role, but yep. here comes Jonathan Quick, the wily veteran. <laughs> so he, he obviously outplayed him and his start to the year has been anything but smooth. And the Kings, I mean, the Kings basically had to kind of eat crow here and kind of send him down. If for nothing else, <clears throat> to save his game. They still have this guy for yeah. three years, folks. I mean, he yeah. signed a three-year pack that starts this year and yep. is paying him an average annual value of 3.875. Not exactly where you want your resources to be. So I, I hope nothing but the best for the kid and for the organization for that matter because if I'm sitting there and I'm Rob Blake, I'm like, man, I really hope this guy does find this game because Christ, man. Like I would really, <laughs> I would really like to bring this guy back up here and s yeah. see if something can happen. Because as far as I know, I don't think there's anybody knocking on the door, uh, prospect wise. I'll have to look deeper into that, mind you. 
but I just don't think there's necessarily anything coming up the pipe. Uh, so again, I, I, I say I'm kind of kicking him when he's down a little bit, but you know, 3.75 GAA and an 868 save percentage. Uh, I think I'll run he's, with quick. I think I'll run with quick as well. You know, he's got, yeah, he's got time. Um, and in the two games, he's been sent down to the HL after nobody cl- picked him up uh, on waivers. Um, he's actually done pretty good. Two wins, um, 947 save percentage and 151 goals against in those two games. So, you know, three goals against, um, I'm trying to see how many shots he had. I can't see that right now. He's, this is going to give him a massive chip on his shoulder to, if he does well in the AHL and then gets a call up, uh, look to him to be much more fierce um, in his last game before he got sent down, which was, I believe, I want to say it was against the Blues. No, it was Seattle. Uh, it was the 9-8 game um, where he let in four goals. And the four goals he let in, including the overtime one, he just, cont- every goal he looked like, he almost looked fed up with himself. Now, you know, that's bod- that's me reading body language. Maybe he was fed up with the the game itself because 17 goals is a lot of goals. Um, but he did seem like he was fed up with himself. So I, I, maybe this is what he needs for now. And this, maybe this is exactly what LA needs for now is for him to just figure it out in the AHL and then come back with a lot more fire and determination to prove that he is the guy they just signed to a three-year deal. And maybe he comes back that much better and saves the day. Who knows? Uh, the story's still being written on Cal Peterson. He's only 28. Well, that, that 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 might be about the only thing that actually worries me, though, Marty, is that he is 28. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I suppose that if you look at the other side of the coin, he being 28, a little more mature, maybe able to kind of ride this out a little bit better than, say, younger younger guy. I just, yeah, you know, I, I, I got, like I said, I mean, I hope for him in that organization that they can, you know, he can figure it out and make his way back up there because... That that was a bit of a shock to me when I heard he was uh, being put on waivers, especially. Uh, I, I and I knew he just signed that contract. I couldn't remember the value, but just a shade under four is still uh, that's still money that can be used elsewhere. Yeah, you don't you don't want to pay someone that kind of money to play in the AHL, so or for someone else. <laughs> and speaking of goalies, um, bud. Speaking of yeah, netminders, all goalies, all goalies, man. Because I all felt goalies something with the all goalies. The time. And, all the way through, from top to bottom. Quite frankly, it, the reason, one of the main reasons, was because of my beast with his quote that I will save for later. So for now, we'll start with my beauties, Cam Talbot. Now there are not many reasons to praise the Senators and Nets other than to say Cam Talbot has done all he can do to help this season. Senators, a whole kind of tell me if I'm wrong in saying this. Everyone's at this point for this season. Everyone's just holding out hope that Ryan Reynolds buys the team. That's what the team's hope is. That's that's what we have left for this year, which isn't bad, which would be great. Everybody would love to see that. I love all the rumors that we're hearing that the centers are going to get bought by, I think the other one was Sandra Oh. Um, she's another uh, actress, uh, Grey's Anatomy, I believe. But anyways, that attention is really the positive thing. But uh, all that aside, Cam Talbot, quite frankly, is doing all he can. In his, um, in his last five games, he's got a stellar 930 save percentage and a goals against of 220. So... He's playing his best to be sure this team has a chance to win. And in that span, they have three wins. 
Um, but it's the inconsistencies of this team that's completely out of his control. There's nothing he can do about it until they get a different coach. This is the team that he's on for now. I like the signing when it happened. I still like the signing today. I think Cam Talbot is a great goalie. I think he's in a great situation in Ottawa. I think it's uh, it's only a matter of time before this team figures it out. And I do think he will be in nets when they do. So for now, Cam Talbot, though, like if for whatever reason your league um, values and gives points towards saves uh, and maybe even goals against, Cam Talbot's a good goalie to have that. The wins, maybe not so much. But to me, Talbot is a good beast uh, or sorry, a good beauty uh, heading into this week. Um, <laughs> Mike. Pronounce his first name for me because uh, I can what? pronounce his last name. Well, I've been going off of kind of like Peter. Like Peter. That's what I thought too. Peter yeah. Kochikov. Or, or Pure Kochikov. Pyotr Kochikov. And I'm, I apologize big time. Not for the Kochikov part. I think I got that right. But it's the Pyotr. <laughs> Peter. Definitely not Pyotr. No one calls their kid Pyotr. But, anyways. Yeah, what? Peter? Talk about a who. No, this kid's been an elite prospect for a while now. And all you Canes fans out there must be pretty happy with what they're seeing right now. He was drafted in 2019. His numbers this year are fantastic. Overall, a 919 and 227 with one shutout, albeit to Chicago. Um, it's a great way to get going. Uh, he's 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 kind of the beneficiary of Freddie, who is a gigantic question mark right now in Nets, uh, in both health and his play. So I see no reason why this kid couldn't secure himself at least a solid backup role in the team going forward. In fact, if he continues the way he's playing, I see no reason why he doesn't essentially become at least a 1B uh, option for, for the Canes. Um, because like I said, Freddie's uh, just a big question mark right now. Not someone you can really rely on going forward. And they don't appear to need him in Nets. They appear to be doing very well with um, Kochetov. So Kochet, Kochet, Kochetov, Kochetov, Kochetkov, Kochetkov. There you go. <laughs> anyways, so yeah, so he's he's another beauty, and I, he came out of nowhere, honestly, for me. Anyways, I know some Canes fans that we uh, that we're friends with on on Twitter and stuff. Um, they've been aware of him for a while, and and it's good. But I think the league, um, he's a well kept secret for now. Someone is going to nab him at midseason, big time. I mean, he's such he's in such a great spot. And don't forget, he played like yeah. four games last year in the uh, playoffs for them because again, yeah. Ranta and Anderson were injured. I mean, we we, yep. we know exactly what we're getting with the Canes here. I mean, the team's yes. good enough that any goalie that's in there can basically get the job done. But yeah. you, you've got two. But he he does more than just gives them a chance to win. Oh he yeah, he plays solid. Yeah. solid goaltending. He's got. Uh, he's a really smart goaltender. So no, it's good. Uh, it's uh, certainly it's, a good beauty this week for sure. And speaking of good beauties, <laughs> this. All right. So if you were like me and many other managers who are wondering what year is it going to be where Spencer Knight takes over as the unequivocal number one in Florida? Well, the answer was apparently 2022 because it's over for Bob fans. Spencer Knight has been as consistent as the 2012, or sorry, yeah, 2012-2013 Bob uh, when he won his first Vesna. But overall, he's got a 249 goals against and a 923 save percentage. So it means he's locked in and so are the Panthers. So good for the kid and good for Florida as they usher in a new era and hopefully get a cup out of 
him out of this sorry out of this goalie because they never really were that successful with Bobrovsky when he came over I have a feeling Spencer Knight's not going to relinquish this at all and I do see him riding this now this I, I mean there's no question I know that Bob's got a 10 mil contract and that's why he's going to see some starts but also you need someone to every once in a while take the pressure off of Spencer Knight but I don't think there's a question anymore. If it's if there's anybody in management or anybody any Florida fan out there that thinks that no no no, it's still we're not sure about like what what more do you need? The kid has done it all. It, last year was a down year for him and he still played pretty well. The year before that he played exceptional and that's when the chatter really started as to okay, it's his team now. When is this going to start? Well, it's now. So Spencer Knight is the number 1 in my opinion anyways. That's why I don't even dress Bobrovsky anymore. Well, I mean, and why would you? I mean, here's the stat line. Bobrovsky, 12 games played. He's 4-6-1. Four, four, 3.84 goals against average <laughs> and an 8.78 save percentage. Now, listen oh, listen, listen to Mr. Knight. You did already mention the goals against average at 2.49 and a save percentage mm-hmm. in 9.23. In 13, mm-hmm. in four, he's played for, uh, 14 games, started 13, He's eight three and three, like Jesus. If you're, if you're just winning the games, well, if you're the Panthers, you're in win now mode. I mean, they gave up all their first round picks last year. Like it's win now. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. And they're not. They're not as bad as I thought they were going to be after those trades because I really felt like they got depleted. But it, as it turns out, not so much. They don't need to be the President's Trophy winners. They don't. They just need to make the playoffs. They've got a good team that can do something. Um, and Kachuk is way better than I thought he was. So, you know, that's Spencer Knight could be that other piece. You know, it could be one, two, three. Kachuk, Ekblad, and Spencer Knight. There's your one, two, three pieces all the way down. And also, you're good. Florida's right there, like you say. I mean, you know, they, they, should, yeah. they should make the playoffs. I would imagine it would probably come at the cost of Detroit. Um, they're, they're one point behind Detroit right now. Detroit's got a game in hand. Um, you know, the, the Panthers aren't looking bad. They're 12 and nine, four overtime, uh, uh, losses. They're six, yeah. two and three at home. They're a little, they're a game under 500 away from home, but you know, on a two game winning streak, there's right still time there, there's, there's still plenty of plenty of time for, for Florida. They're, they're in a good spot though. They're, they're certainly in a good spot. And I think their best spot is to have Spencer Knight in nets. You keep moving Absolutely. forward with that. You don't, that doesn't shift now at this point, especially because you do need to make the playoffs. So, and, uh, and so ending with my beast. And again, he's here because of his own quote. I just suck. That was his quote. And it pretty much sums it up. Jakob Markstrom. He's, uh, oh my God. It, it, it hurts to say this. I, I like Markstrom. I've always liked him, but he's a sub 900 save percentage at 889 and barely below three goals against with 297. So this is not the same Markstrom as it was last year, not by a long shot, but to be fair, neither is this team. Still though, I didn't see this much of a drop off coming from him. This is, this is shocking. Um, can he figure it out? Probably. Um, will he? I don't think so. I think this is a year where Markstrom really regrets. This is a shitty year for him. And I don't think he's alone. I think that team's got a lot of sh- There's a lot of players in that dressing room that need to answer because this team is not good. This team is... It, they're still... There's still good on paper. There's still hope. I would say that this team is a great team next year. Not this year. It seems like they've got too much stuff to figure out. I, I mean, listen, I, I picked Calgary as my cup champion 
again this year. Uh, I, I just thought with some of the uh, additions that they made, uh, you didn't really give up much in the whole uh, Goudreau, Huberto thing. Um, you got weaker on the back end, so your defense got o- only stronger. Um, y- you know, and and maybe this is more hope for me, but I got to feel that once they just kind of gelled together a little bit more here, I mean, you know, Huberto's going from completely, uh, you know, complete uh, offensive-minded system to Daryl Sutter. Like, need I yeah. say more there? Um, and, Ka- hard, yeah. and, and Kadri as well is, hasn't, hasn't played up to yeah. snuff either here. So no, I, I would be extremely surprised um, if the Flames don't make the playoffs this year. Now, as it stands, they are currently definitely on the outside. They're definitely I on the outside looking in for 12th? sure. They are sitting 10th in the Western Conference right now. 10th. Uh, with the wild card, they are sitting. Let's see here. So they're one point behind, um, two points behind Colorado. Colorado and Edmonton have the uh, wild card spots right now, by the way. Um, okay. And Calgary's played the most games. I mean, Nashville's ahead of them, played 23. Colorado's ahead of Nashville and played 22. So um, hell, even Vancouver's starting to creep up on, on Calgary now, yeah. as well as St. Louis. So. It's it's going to have to turn around. It's going to have to turn around soon. Because, um, again, like we talked about earlier on in the show, it's not so much the points that you're out of the spot. It's how many teams you got to jump to get to that spot. So Exactly. So we'll see how it all it all plays out. I still, listen, there again, too much talent. Too much talent to not do it. Like, if, if they don't make it, that I it will be a completely wasted year, obviously. So. <coughs> yes. But. And a uh, shock. Oh. Absolutely. If they don't make the playoffs, it will be a shock for sure. For sure. For sure. Very disappointing. But these things happen. uh, And I do think that no matter what happens, I think Daryl's job is completely safe. But I do think that at the end of the season, if if they're not in the playoffs, I think he either steps aside or uh, they go out and they 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 get somebody. uh, You've got too too many years in contracts to too many players to let this happen again. You can't do anything with those contracts. You're not going to move them. You're not going to yeah. do anything there. You're going to get rid of the coach. You're going to start. You're going to start from scratch, um, and you're going to look at something else. So yeah, that'd be my guess. Because whether Daryl's there or not, like it's still win now mode, right? So I, like, absolutely, you this, see, the roster is what it is. You're you're locked in now. Well, you're committed. If, you are definitely committed. If you signed him, for, if you signed Hubert over eight years, it's like, dude, come on, man. And it's not just him. He signed. Yeah, there, I know. There are several players that got signed to several oh. years. You have got no choice. This is your team for at least the next five years. Buckle up, baby. So at least whoever's in that coach. At least the Flames will give us content, right? Because you can see that this, <laughs> yeah. this will not age well. So let's fast forward the podcast like five sure. y- five years. <laughs> we are going to have so much to talk about with the Calgary Flames. They're going to be oh, so, yeah. so bad. Oh, my God. Oh yeah, my God. here, ta- <laughs> here take Huberto in a first rounder just to get rid of him. Here, take uh, Kadri yeah. in our yeah. next first rounder just to get rid of him. It's like, oh my god! Oh my it's not. God. It, it, it's Jesus. it's good right now. They have a great team right now, but I don't know how yes. how that's going to age. But that's a story for another day. For another day. For five years from now. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it, bud. And that's that's that. That's our show. That's number seven in the bag on the seventh. Love it.
Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at twoguysaleague and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash Or you can follow us on Twitter where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.